What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 10 of Nerd Mageddon. How are you? How was your weekend? Was it emotional? Mine was. This Sunday, HBO aired the series finale of Game of Thrones, episode 6, titled The Iron Throne. Uh, it's what we've all been waiting for for eight, nine years now. Gotta remember there was a year in between this season and last season. And uh, whether you're happy with the ending or not, I'm here to talk about it. Uh, I'm going to break down exactly what happened on the episode. Uh, I'm going to talk about each character and where their story ended or left off. Uh, and what it means for those who survived going forward. Uh, I also kind of want to talk about the future of the Game of Thrones franchise. I want to talk briefly about the prequel series that have been mentioned and which one is coming first. Um, and also a little bit about the Winds of Winter, the sixth installment in the A Song of Ice and Fire series. Uh, when we're going to get that, if we're going to get that, and what potentially is going to be in that book. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in any of that, please sit back and enjoy. Alright, so, jumping right in. <clears throat> Personally, I really liked this episode. I was very happy with, you know, the outcome. I was happy with Bran being on the throne, Jon being sent to the wall, Arya going west, and Sansa in the north. Everything just kind of ended the way it should have and if you know much about the books and about this series the final book of the series was always slated to be called a time for starks or a time for wolves or something like that so it just kind of lets you know that like the starks are going to end on top they're going to be ruling all um but yeah I, I'm, I'm incredibly happy with where they all left out again i'm just a little bit frustrated with the fact that it seemed uh, like every point was rushed, everyone's ending was a little bit hurried, everybody's final moments seemed like they were just racing to get there from last season. They did a system upgrade and got a fast travel button and just kept hammering that thing at every step of the way. Um, but I mean, I've, I've dedicated so much time and effort to this show that it's hard to say that it was not worth it in the end. I'm, I'm not left unsatisfied I'm not left um, unhappy I am of course left wanting more but at this point who isn't talking with a few people uh, other fans of the show who I'm you know in contact with we all kind of agree that if 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 the writers and the showrunners and everything had have just done 10 episodes for the last two seasons instead of cutting them short this all would have been better. Arguably, you could have had the first two episodes of this season be a part of the end of last season. Basically, leave last season ending with that massive cliffhanger of, you know, the White Walkers and their army on the doorsteps of Winterfell. That would have been the most insane cliffhanger in, like, the history of television. Plus, it left a year in between. So, as much as that would have been frustrating, it would have been the craziest, craziest moments for television you could have opened this season with an episode and a half two episodes of the battle of winterfell with the night king dying at the end of that 
And instead of having that frustrating scene of them asking for rest and Danny saying, no, we can't rest, we need to go now, it, it, you could have actually drawn all that out and, and had some travel time and episodes and things like that and, and have a couple more events happen along the way instead of just, hurry up, we got to get to this point, hurry up, we got to get to that point, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So, yeah, and honestly, I think they could have, like, this could have been good, this could have been great, and then they could have had another, like, 20 minutes of the episode <clears throat> where, you know, like, if they had have done all these episodes and not cut anything short, they could have had the last 20 minutes of the episode kind of jump forward a bit, more than two weeks, and explain a little bit about what happened to these people. Like, it's great that John went north, but what happened after? It's great that Bran's on the king, or on the throne, but how long did he rule? It's great that Sansa's in the north, but how bad was the winter in the north, and did it mess with, with that kingdom? Um, does Arya ever come back? You know, like, certain things that big fans like me, and I'm sure a lot of you, still need answering, and, and um, you know, unfortunately we're not going to get to see with our eyes these types of things. There, There's possibility that another history textbook, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, George Martin released a massive history book uh, called The World of Ice and Fire uh, just a few years back, and it ha uh, held everything, all the events from the beginning of time up to, um, uh, who's his name? Not Joffrey, the younger one, Tommen's coronation. And so I'm guessing that you know, once the books are done, if they ever get done, fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that nonsense, that maybe he'll write another history book kind of telling us the future history, if that makes any sense. So all in all, I'm, I'm very happy with the episode. It, of course, it could have been better. Of course, I want more, but it didn't leave me unsatisfied. And I now I just can't wait for the books that much more. So I just kind of want to talk a little bit about each character and, and how, well, not every character, but some of the more important ones and just a little bit about where their story left off at the end. <clears throat> um, I'm going to start with Tyrion. I'm very happy with his ending. He hasn't really done a whole hell of a lot this season except make mistakes, so it was nice for him to almost accept his mistakes and and, you know, try to move past them. Uh, the first half of his episode was crazy emotional, uh, you know, first walking through and seeing all the devastation caused by his queen, the woman he's serving and, you know, defending to the, to the last, uh, that, that definitely affected him, but finding Jamie and Cersei, that was, that was like, of course the fan base is very, very happy to see Cersei's dead body. I was. I was very incredibly happy to see that. I wasn't sure we were actually going to get a chance to uh, see her dead because of the way she went out. Um, but seeing Jamie, it just gives up a little... It gives mixed emotions. The way he ended, it's almost like, yeah, you know, fuck you. I'm glad you're dead. But at the same time, the way Tyrion reacted to that was, was incredibly emotional and, and a powerful moment for uh, his character. I absolutely loved the way he quit office. I loved the way he, he walked up to her. She said, you freed your brother. He said, you slaughtered a city, grabbed that pin and just hurled it down the stairs. I thought was that was an excellent moment uh, for Tyrion. <clears throat> 
Uh, and of course, for that, he was in prison. I don't think it was necessarily for that that he was in prison. I think it was more to do with Jamie, but that extra slap in the face of betraying, or, you know, not necessarily betraying her, but like abandoning her and her, you know, right when she needs it the most, um, added a little bit more to that. Uh, it was only fitting that he and Jon Snow would have an intimate conversation similar to the ones. Uh, they had in season one and if you remember in season one every time he and Tyrion had some intimate important conversations it it, it meant something bigger for Jon's life like he taught him not to let the word bastard hurt you and he taught he told him he was the first person who told him what the wall really was and they developed that kind of bond so it was nice to see them have one more of those before uh, before the end of the show um, I really wish they had have shown more of Tyrion's conversation with Bran in, uh, I think it was episode two, right before the, the, the Battle of Winterfell. They sit down together and they're about to, he's asking Bran about his journey, but then the scene ends and I almost wish that that had have gone on or we could have seen some more of that. Uh, I feel like that would have made his speech in Bran's favor a whole lot more, uh, interesting like his, his his speech basically crowning Bran I feel like that would have made that a little bit more important of course they have their you know bond of you know cripples bastards and broken things uh, you know Tyrion built him a saddle or gave him the plans for a saddle way way back in season one um, so like they've definitely had history and it was nice to see the two of them come together uh, to rule the kingdom. Him being Hand of the King, of course, uh, after all the drama he's faced with that position was was just a perfect way to wrap up his story. Um, you know, all the drama with him being, he was the Hand of the King, his dad was the Hand of the King, obviously his dad was the Hand to the Mad Queen, the Mad King um, years and years and years previous. Um, so for him to you know, quit as Daenerys's hand of the queen, and then to be named the hand of the king in the end, I I think that was perfect. I've always said that that would that's the perfect. People wanted him to rule, but personally, I think hand of the king is the absolute perfect spot for uh, for Tyrion Lannister. Again, I've said it before. I really didn't think he would die, uh, and I'm I mean I'm very 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 glad that I was right about that because I think. If he had died, I would have. There would have been a feeling of like emptiness in the end. Uh, and and uh, I feel like Tyrion's book story is going to be very similar. His end in the books is going to be very very similar to how it was in the end. Of course, there's a couple of details simply for the fact that there's different characters in the book that never made it into the show. Um, but for the most part, I believe we're going to see similar endings for this character uh Bran the Broken first of his name not something I ever 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 in a million years thought would happen but I'm very happy that he was the choice for king uh I'm I might be the only one I know I've been seeing a lot of backlash about this decision uh online on YouTube everything but personally it's it makes a lot of sense. I know what people are upset about is that he didn't like throughout this series. There wasn't the biggest audience relationship with Bran. There was even a whole season where he was not even like the actor Isaac Hempstead, right? was not even cast in the show. So 
it almost feels like he, there was a disconnect between that character and the audience. Um, but in the books, I feel like that's not the case. Um, there's a better relationship with the audience and with the book reader than there is of the show. Bran was the very first point of view chapter that you read after the prologue. So if you've read Game of Thrones, you know that it's not separated and segmented into chapter one, chapter two. It's segmented into people's point of view. And the very first point of view that you get to read is Bran. Um, so it, it does seem like his, it's, it's come full circle from that. And he's, it, not necessarily that he was the person who the story was about this whole time, but it does kind of lead to that if you think about it in that way. It is kind of a cool thing though, because if you remember, Bran was a kid who always wanted to be a knight of the King's Guard. He always wanted to be that type of person, some kind of knight. Um, and now the Knights of the King's Guard protect him. He is the king. He's the ultimate uh, power in Westeros. For someone who thought he would never even be able to, you know, shoot an arrow or or do anything important, for him to be ruling well now six kingdoms is is just a, a great uh turnaround for him um it's also like you know everything Tyrion said in his little speech is is all it all rings true it all makes sense that he would be the one to rule he can see history of course that's one thing that's great you know the whole past of of you know, the world, and you can kind of not make the same mistakes twice. Um, but also, you can kind of wa literally, literally, he's the only person who can literally watch over the entire realm. He can jump into a bird in any part of the kingdom and, and literally be there. No one's going to be able to um, plot behind his back or, or any such nonsense like that because he's going to be aware of everything. So I... I th honestly like who better to rule than someone who can literally see all and who can literally be in each part of the kingdom every day if he wanted to instead of someone who you know has never seen anything but their four corners of the world um yeah so so again all in all i'm very happy with him on the throne i think that's going to be the same outcome in the books but again because it's such a different relationship with bran from book to show that story is obviously going to get a lot more uh, detailed. It's not just going to be, you know, this, like a, the, the meme that I keep seeing is when you don't do anything in the group project and still get an A. Uh, I don't think he's not going to participate in the group project as much in the book, so uh, I think his A will be well-deserved. All right, moving on now. Um, the Queen in the North. Not the king in the north, the queen in the north. Uh, I predicted this to happen just before the start of the season. Um, if you remember back, it may have been episode one or two. Uh, I said I, I, I put up the idea of a dual ruler scenario. Um, at the time, I, I said that you know the ruler there would be a ruler in the north and a ruler in the south in King's Landing. I said I th at the time I thought there was a possibility that John and Danny would marry and and 
we'd see that ending and one of them would rule in the north and one of them would rule in the south uh, and they'd use their dragons to fly back and forth. Of course, that's not the case. That's not the ending that we were we were given. Um, but I also said there was a possibility that, you know, John could rule in the south and Sansa could rule in the north if Daenerys dies. Of course, I'm wrong that John is in the south, but it's still a Stark, so uh, I'm happy. So I'll take I'll, I'll I'll claim to be right about that in a certain way, but I won't take you know say I predicted that fully. Um, I have no issue with her as queen. You could kind of tell all season um, she was going to find a way to break the North away from the rest of the realm. She's just kind of had it with being under anybody else's rule but her own. She's been through a hell of a lot this series, so it's it's only fitting that she doesn't want to take anything from anybody she wants to be the the controlling factor in her life um it's a good full circle for her character uh you know going from the little girl in winterfell who wanted nothing more than to go and be the queen down south and marry a prince and and live her life out in that fairy tale type of way uh then of course everything she went through trying to be that person made her realize that where she belonged was in the north and and she she still belonged as a ruler like she still needed to be someone of power but not in the place that she always wanted to uh i did kind of like like not fully but like when they first show her with her crown on from the back it looks similar to cersei's uh mad queen crown that she you know gave herself after she blew up the sept uh, so in a way, that's almost a symbol, some symbolism saying that she learned a little bit from Cersei, you know, and, and of course she's mentioned it a few times throughout the series, but like that she's learned a little bit from Cersei, taken the good things from Cersei, but abandoned all the nonsense that comes with Cersei's person. Um, I see this being very similar in the books too. uh, but the way, like the way the books left off with her character, she's still in uh, the veil, or just leaving the veil with Peter Baelish, disguised as Alysanne. So we will see uh, what exactly comes of her story. I have a feeling she's still gonna rule the North. I'm just not sure how uh, she's gonna get to that point. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about Arya. To me, she had one of the best endings of all the characters. Uh, you know, I'm 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 sad that she's not gonna stay and live with her family and be able to go and visit John at the Wall and you know back down to the capital to see Bran and stuff like that. But staying in one place would have just been awful for her. She's wild. She's an adventurer, and she's not a lady. We've heard this from her many, many times, and she repeated the same similar line to uh, Nymeria when she encountered her in the forest. When she didn't kill Cersei last episode, I thought she might be the one to kill Danny, but I'm very, very glad I was wrong. Of course, we've seen Jon kill Danny, making him a Queen Slayer and forcing him to join the Night's Watch. I'm incredibly glad that that's not Arya's fate. It would have been nice to see her kill that queen, but I'm happy she's free to travel, uh, you know, the unknown world. 
what's cool about that is that only one person in the history of the of the Game of Thrones universe uh, is rumored to have traveled west of Westeros, and the idea is that she wound up in the east in the place called Ashai. Um, but what she encountered past Westeros, between Westeros and Essos, is entirely unknown. I very much believe that uh, Arya is going to be the one to chart the rest of the map of the known world. She's going to find everything between Westeros and Essos, and she's going to be like, if we ever get a history book talking about everything that's happened from this point on, I think we're going to find out that she's the one who discovered the rest of the world. Of course, that seems like an easy thing to say, but that's that's just my thoughts on that. Um, so she's going to be the one to map out the world east and west, but I think John's going to finish the map going north. Uh, on that note, we're gonna I'm going to talk a little bit about Jon Snow now. Uh, it seemed at first he was still kind of drinking the Daenerys Kool Aid and very much, you know, she's my queen. And we have to support what she did, and I don't necessarily believe in it, but she's our queen. Um. I'm fine. I'm. I'm glad. I think it was the the conversation with Tyrion and the comment from Arya right before he went up to see her that that really kind of sunk it home for him. I'm happy he finally did what he had to do and and you know plunge that dagger through her heart. I thought he might pull it out and it would light on fire, but not well. Uh, I truly believe Drogon was going to either burn him or eat him in that moment. Um, but, I mean, how incredible was it that the dragon was smart enough to know that Jon Snow wasn't, like, he physically killed her, but Jon Snow didn't kill Daenerys. The Iron Throne, the the lust for power, and, and, and that iron chair is what totally, totally drove her mad and ended up killing her. Um... A lot of people are upset with John's ending, but I think it fits his character perfectly. In a way, I'm sad he's not king, but this totally, totally makes sense. I was one of the ones who very much thought he was going to be the one, no matter how much he didn't want it, he was going to be the one on the throne. He, he, he never wanted, of course, he repeated that so many times this season to the point where it was a joke. Um... And he was also raised by the most honorable man in Westeros, in Ned Stark. John killed his queen, and honor demands punishment for that. You can't kill your queen and think that you're just gonna, you know, go free for the rest of your life. Something has to come. John really just belongs in the North. And honestly, who better to go explore the land of always winter? Uh, and expand the Northern Kingdom for his sister, really, um, than John. He was killed as the 998th Lord Commander, releasing him from his, his vows. And now, in joining again, he becomes the 1000th Lord Commander. Uh, I mean, it just, again, another instance of using this phrase, but it brings his character kind of full circle again. The Night's Watch is somewhat something he always wanted to be a part of even in, in episode one when Benjen comes to the comes to Winterfell you know he's talking to him about how much 
he wants to join the Night's Watch, how that's, you know, kind of like his dream. He wants to rise up in the ranks of the Night's Watch because a bastard can do that. Of course, he's not a bastard anymore, but he grew up with the idea that that's what he wanted to do, and he was betrayed by his brothers. That's the only reason he left, so for him to go back is not as disappointing to me as, as I think it is to others. Um, but of course, we kind of got to talk a little bit about the Night's Watch. What is the purpose of the Night's Watch now? There's no White Walkers to fight anymore. The Wildlings have basically become allies with the rest of the kingdom. Uh, there, there might be a couple of, you know, factions beyond the wall that are not so, uh, not in as much agree, uh, agreeance, but how many of them are left after the Night King traveled south? So I don't, I don't think there's really much need for the Night's Watch anymore. So again, I feel like there needs to be some kind of something put out in the later years telling us what exactly happened to John and all these characters, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the line. Because personally, I don't really know why there's a need for the Night's Watch. Could it be possible that the Night's Watch eventually just disbands and he becomes the king beyond the wall? Uh, I like that ending. That would be interesting. But again, we'll have to either wait and find out or just kind of guess. Um, in the books, I think John's ending is going to, if, if John doesn't die in the end of the books, I think his end is going to be exactly the same. I think he's going to kill Daenerys and, uh, possibly whoever this fake Aegon is, if he is fake, if he's a Blackfire, if he actually is a Targaryen. And I think he's going to end up at the wall. I think he's too honor bound to kill somebody noble someone of power like a queen or a king or something like that and not take the punishment for it it's just not in his character at all so if we ever get the books i i do believe that's going to be a similar end um daenerys let's talk about our mad queen how awesome 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 was that shot of her walking out at the beginning and drogon opening his wings behind her to make it look like she had the wings. I thought, like, I audibly said, that's a sexy shot while I was watching that for the first time. Um, of course, Danny died. She was killed by John. If you didn't see her death coming, I really didn't think Daenerys was going to... I knew she was going to die, but I didn't think she was going to die till a little bit later uh, in the episode, at least. Um... I am glad that she made it all the way to the throne room and it kind of fulfilled that that uh, vision she had in season two. Uh, she even touched it, but I'm very glad that she never actually got to sit on it. I was sitting there telling myself, if she sits on it, the throne is going to cut her. Every ruler who doesn't last very long or isn't a good ruler gets cut by one of the barbs on the throne. So I was almost waiting for that moment, but I think it was better that she never, ever actually got to sit on it. It took eight seasons for her to get there and it's the thing she's always wanted the iron throne is 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 her thing and for her to for it to just be taken away from her when she was that close was such such a perfect ending um i genuinely believe again i said it before i genuinely believe uh, drogon was going to kill john uh and i'm incredibly impressed with how smart he can be to know you know, that it wasn't necessarily John that did it, but 
her her obsession with the Iron Throne. So the big question now is where did so obviously Drogon picked up Danny's body and flew away uh, after he realized and nudged her with his nose that she was dead. And the big question is where did he take her? It's kind of unknown at this point. Even Brand wasn't entirely sure. Uh, I think he probably either took her back to Dragonstone, uh, you know, the, the stronghold of her family, or he flew her all the way back to Valyria, where, you know, the Targaryens came from. Uh, I don't like the Valyria version as much, simply because that's where they send all the stone men and stuff like that, so I don't know why Drogon would want to take her there. Plus, he's never been there, so I don't think it necessarily means that much to him. I like better that he maybe takes her to Dragonstone and she's potentially buried or burned and ashes scattered there. Uh, so, yeah, that's the major, major characters and kind of how their story's wrapped up. Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm very happy with each one of those. A couple of them were rushed. A couple of them maybe could have been... A little more detailed but all in all uh, I'm okay with it uh, I want to talk a little bit about Bran the Broken's new small council this short scene really tied up a lot of loose ends um, but then again left one still just totally ended uh, Tyrion's joke about the jackass and the honeycomb going into the brothel I thought 100% that this episode we were going to hear the end of that joke finally, but of course, no. But other than that small omission, this was a great scene. Obviously, Tyrion, uh, I mentioned before, he's the new Hand of the King, which just wraps up his uh, whole time and drama with that position between him and his father and everything else. It just kind of put a nice bookend on that for him. Uh, who better to be the master of coin than Bronn, the guy who's just been chasing after money and a castle this higher, this entire time, and he finally got his castle, and he got a hell of a castle to boot. He got Highgarden, which is the, arguably the richest land in, in the realm. Uh, we know that the Westerlands gold mines had dried up a few years back, as mentioned by Tywin, uh, but the Reach is, is rich because of their crops because of what they can grow and, and provide to the realm so Bronn is now in a single stroke been made one of the richest and powerful people in the realm um, Sam Tarly our beloved Sam Tarly is now the Grand Maester and, and again who better I've been saying since his very first episodes and you know his mentions of loving books and things like that that one day I thought John would be on the throne but I 100% thought that he would be the Grand Maester or at least the Archmaester or, or more importantly the Archmaester at the Citadel but I'll take this as a as a close second um, the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard of course is Brienne since the beginning, I genuinely thought it was going to be Arya, but I'm very happy with the ending of her story, so I'm glad that that was not the case. Um, and, of course, this is just so fitting for Brienne. She's arguably the best knight in the Seven Kings, Six Kingdoms, sorry, Six Kingdoms. Um, you know, she's the first woman ever to be knighted. Of course, the first woman ever to be on the Kingsguard, which is just awesome for her. And, as I've said before, she has a relation some kind of 
she's some kind of descendant from Sir Duncan the Tall, who was arguably the most famous uh, of the Lord Commanders of the King's Guard. So for her to take up that position is is uh, is a nice you know compliment to her story. Uh, also on that note, Pod seems to be uh, Podrick Payne seems to be serving on the King's Guard as well. So you know. What a great ending for his character, too. Someone who was basically next to nothing in season one and two when he showed up and is now, you know, a member of the Kingsguard. Also, how cool was it that the little logo on the Kingsguard armor is a three-eyed raven? Just want to point that out. That is awesome. And, of course, last but not least, the Master of Ships is our beloved Davos. Um, You know, he's basically done nothing this season or this series but, you know, sailboats, show people how to sail boats, put people on boats and send them away for seasons at a time. Um, so, you know, who better to be the master of ships? They did mention that there's no master of whisperers, that position is still vacant, and no master of war just yet. Um, master of war, I could see him, you know, maybe asking John to consult for that position, but I think that's just me. Uh, you know, wishful thinking. Um, and of course, Master of Whispers is a little, little bit unnecessary when you can literally jump to any corner of the kingdom and hear what people are saying in uh, the role of an eye. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, don't think they're going to be needing to fill that position anytime soon. Um, yeah, so that's the, our new small council going forward. Uh, it's, it's sad to say that this show is done. I'm, I was incredibly emotional. I definitely shed a few tears. Um, it might have something to do with the fact that I drank, uh, basically a whole bottle of Game of Thrones red wine, um, during the episode, but I feel like the emotion would have been there one way or another. So, um, yeah sad to see it go very sad but you know all things have to come to an end and uh when things end it just means new beginnings um and in in this instance uh we're you know set for a few prequel series that are destined to come out sometime in the near future and i'm from what i'm hearing the first one i thought it was going to be robert's rebellion but it turns out the first one they want to do is The Long Night, um, you know, the creation of the Night King and uh, and how he got started. And I believe, if I've been told uh, correctly, that Dan and Dave have nothing to do with this series. They're done now. They're moving on to Star Wars. Uh, anyway, I think most of us can be happy about that. Um, the showrunners for this are actually going to be George R. R. Martin and... Uh, and uh, someone closely related to uh, the HBO production. So it's going to have the same feel, same tone, but I think it's going to be more accurate to uh, what George R. R. Martin wants, which I think we can all be happy with at this point. So Game of Thrones wrapped up nicely with a bow. Let me know what you guys think of the finale. If you were one of the ones who hated it and if you liked it, if you're on the similar page as me, uh, and if you were one of those ones to sign that ridiculous petition, um, <laughs> let me know. Um, but yeah, so that's it for Game of Thrones. Until we hear some kind of book news or um, 
any kind of stuff about the prequels, anything like that, it's going to be a lot less Game of Thrones talk from here on out. So thank you for sticking with me through this incredible subject. Uh, and we've only got, uh, you know, a hundred other different nerd subjects to talk about. So stay tuned. Alright, so that's it for episode number 10. Thank you all for listening. Um, Stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm going to uh, be talking about the documentary um, that HBO is putting out uh, about Game of Thrones, about this final season. I think it's just to do with the final season, so I'm going to be talking briefly about that. There will also be some more Marvel talk next episode. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe just a little bit more Star Wars stuff. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see about that. As always, we are available on Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, uh, Radio Public, and Anchor. Um, so as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, your time. I hope you guys enjoyed, and we will see you next week. Have a good one, nerds.